What is going on, crypto family? So today we got Brian Lentz, the CTO and founder of Narrative coming on. We're gonna hear about his social media platform, how it's pretty much made for the people and it's run by the people, so to speak, and how it's similar to Medium, similar to Steemit, but not problems that they solve that those other two platforms don't, how they're using crypto, and what Brian would do if he had a time machine. So please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. All right, let's go check out Brian. That sounds kind of weird, right? Let's go meet Brian, and I'll catch you on the other side. What is going on, crypto family? So today we've got Brian Lentz. He's the CTO and co-founder of Narrative with us. So, hey, buddy, I really appreciate you coming on, man. I look forward to hearing about you and all the cool stuff that you're doing. Definitely. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm happy to be here. Awesome, man. So tell us about yourself, man. Where do you live? You know, maybe some of your hobbies, some of your past experiences, how you got into crypto, you know, all that kind of cool stuff. I currently live in Charleston, South Carolina uh, with my family. We moved down here actually to start Narrative about a year and a half ago. How's that uh, weather treating you down? there. It oh, wasn't a hurricane. We didn't the hurricane just kind of rip through there and flood everybody? Yeah. Other than the hurricanes, as long as you can dodge them, uh, the weather is pretty awesome. I'm, I'm originally from Seattle, born and raised. And so I'm You're used, used to the rain. dreary, overcast rain. So I've uh, fallen in love with the sun here, uh, unlike I ever have before. So it's a great place to live. As far as my past, I've, I've been a software developer for about 20 years. I've been CTO of two companies now for about the last seven or eight years, uh, overseeing all of our software development, engineering, infrastructure. So I just, I love technology. I love learning new things and, and leading people. So those are, those are kind of some of my passions. It's awesome. Outside of work, I'm, I enjoy sports. So anything with a ball or <laughs> watching my Seahawks or Washington Huskies, uh, those are where you find me in front of a TV usually during football season. <laughs> awesome. Very cool, man. And so with narrative, you know, I took a look at it. It looks kind of like, um, kind of like medium or something like that of sorts, but you guys are using blockchain. So maybe you kind of explain to us, you know, kind of what the differences are, you know, what problems you guys are trying to solve, all the value adds, all that kind of cool stuff. Sure. So very similar to medium in that we're a content platform focused on, on quality content. One of the big differences though, is our monetization strategy. So Whereas Medium, kind of they've got this paywall approach now. What we want to do is we want to take 85% of all revenue that the system generates and give it back to the users. So anyone who contributes positively to what we call the content economy is rewarded for their efforts. Taking it a step further, we also want it to be a member-run and member-governed platform. So where right now you've got social media companies that kind of rule on high as far as what stays and what goes, what users get banned, shadow banning, all this stuff. We don't want to participate in that. We want the users to govern and control the platform. And so what we've done is we've created kind of a, a multi-tiered governance model where users can be elected to different roles, such as moderators. We have a tribunal, which is a, it's like the Supreme Court of the platform that has the final decision-making uh, authority. And another key aspect is reputation. So in order for it to be member-governed, we have to be able to evaluate and, and base uh, how users are doing and performing in the platform. So we have a reputation algorithm that, that grades people, essentially. And then once you've got your reputation, positive interactions and, and that kind of thing will improve your reputation. Negative interactions and experiences will decrease your reputation your reputation then influences everything that you do on the platform. So from voting and rating any of the governance, your reputation adjusts the impact of each of those actions that you take. 
So we're really excited about it, and um, it's been it's been going really well. We we originally launched our alpha back in at the end of our token sale, which we had at the end of 2018. Now uh, the beta launched this year in April, and now we're slowly rolling out uh, features through the rest of our roadmap. It's awesome, man. You know, one of the things I noticed too is it, it kind of had a, a much cleaner feel than than like Steam it. And Steam it, you know, I've I've always hated it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's a steaming pile of crap in my in my viewpoint. But um, you know, with with Steam it, you know, people can kind of rig the system, game the system. These big token holders, you know, they can kind of upvote everything. Do you guys have issues like that on your platform, or is it all reputation based, or are people using tokens to upvote? And you know, how how does that work? Sure. So it's primarily reputation-based, but it really comes down to quality. So content creators earn 60% of the to- total revenue. So if you're on creating content, posting, posting good things, when those things get engaged with, they get upvoted, they get lots of views, the, the score of that content increases. And that's what determines the payout that you have. We don't have anything like Steemit where they've got whales who can dramatically influence earnings on a given post. We don't have bots that are going through and posting different things, trying to, hey, let me upvote you and, and all this, um, where you can essentially buy into a higher earning tier. So we try to keep it focused on, on the reputation and on what is actually producing real results as opposed to allowing people to buy reputation or, or buy a higher tier of, of the rewards system. That's great to hear. And then, you know, with the, with the issues with like Facebook, right? How they're, you know, leaking data or they accidentally on purpose, whatever, do all kinds of stuff with their data. What do you all do with their data? And um, what all are you guys using for blockchain? We don't collect much data and almost everything in the system is, is public. So there's not a whole lot of, of risk there. Users have credentials and accounts that they sign in with. But outside of that, pretty much everything's public. And that, that's one of the key uh, values that we have, which is transparency. We want to make sure that everything that happens on the platform from governance to posting and commenting and all that is, is public. So there's no private areas cordoned off within the platform. And so I think that really helps alleviate any issues with data and privacy. Data and, privacy. Uh, and then it's, in terms of blockchain right now, our, we have a token called NERV, N-R-V-E, which is on the NEO blockchain. It's a NEP5 token. And it is the, the currency of the content economy. So users buy into the system. You can purchase niches, which are unique subject-oriented areas. Publications, like I said, will be coming out soon. Users can, you pay for publications with your nerve. Um, and then... What does that mean exactly? So when you say pay for publications with your nerve, so say I'm just an average user, what, is it, what does that mean for me? Sure. If you're an average user, it depends. If you're just consuming content, you don't need to buy publications. But if you're a writer or you've got a, a group of writers that have a publication or some kind of visible uh, face on the web and you want to you know, curate your content, you can buy a publication on Narrative, which is a unique space that you can brand for yourself that will allow your followers to come in and, and consume all of your content. Narrative generally supports content creation. We have this niche hierarchy where... Uh, users can tag their content essentially with niches, these subject areas. And that's just kind of the broad, wide open angle. Publications are a little bit more controlled. You can have moderation. You can choose what stays and what goes within your publication. Interesting. So like the niches would be something like just say blockchain. So somebody could purchase the niche blockchain and then everything tagged to it would go to that person's niche that they own. Exactly. And then the users get to choose what niches they want to follow. So you kind of get to choose what areas and subjects are of interest to you. And then your 
personalized feed will pull in from all the different people and niches and publications that you're following. Gotcha. So aside from using, you know, an MP5 token, you know, Nerve, you know, to reward people and to pay for things, what aspect of blockchain are you guys actually using? So right now we're not putting any of the the reputation system or the, you know, the kind of the scoring for content on the blockchain. We hope to do that in the future, but right now um, we just haven't had the the dev throughput to, to invest into that. Um, so primarily it's the, it's the nerve token that, is, that we're leveraging blockchain for. Gotcha. Cool, man. And then as far as your guys' funding goes, you guys have had to, what, some, some, I guess some successful, you know, raises and whatnot in the past and you guys have something else coming up in the future. Yeah. So we've had a, we had a token sale back in 2018. It ended in March and our alpha launched at the, that coincided with the end of that token sale. So that kind of bootstrapped us, allowed us to get through, you know, the last couple of years of development. Now we're doing another raise right now, uh, like I mentioned, through WeFunder. And and that will allow us to continue this next step of, of development as we build out all the different aspects of the platform that are we have detailed in the spec on our website. Awesome, man. And then so more about yourself, man. So you said that you, you're a diehard Seahawks and you like, uh, you like the Redskins too, right? So and you like sports, you like anything with a ball, kind of like my dog. I just, <laughs> anything yeah. with a ball, she's happy, right? But uh, do you have any like hidden talents or skills or anything like that? I know you're a CTO, you're a tech guy, but do you have anything else, man? Maybe you're a Cape Crusader at night or maybe you play the guitar or I don't know, you train sharks. I don't know. Do you got some hidden talents or skills for us? Uh, one of my big areas of interest has been obstacle course racing. So particularly Spartan races, I've, I've done quite a few of those in the past and I find they're very personally challenging. And so it, it requires a lot of training and time and I just enjoy it. It's a, it's a ton of fun to get out there. The competitors are all, they're really fun to be around and I miss it though, because I'm, I've got back issues right now. And so I can't train like I used to, but that's uh that's probably one of my main passions that I'm looking to get back into. Yeah. I mean, those obstacle courses are no joke, man. I've got uh, buddies that train for them. They, they do it in the mud, right? So they have all these crazy tires and fences and ropes and stuff they have to go under and over. And maybe that's why your back's jacked. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, it could, it could be that. I mean, I played flag football for about 18 years or something. So diving around, I mean, my body apparently couldn't handle it. Got, put up with as much as it could take. (laughs) No problem, man. I know know all about that stuff, man. But um, let's see, what about a book, man? You got a favorite book or something that's important to you that you think other people might get value out of? Lately, I've been, I like to read from... It's on narrative, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's your articles. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm blanking right now. No worries. What about uh, maybe a favorite movie? You know, I don't watch movies. This is going to sound, I'm going to sound really lame. But I don't actually watch movies. I mean, TV shows, so, Netflix, yeah, yeah. TV shows, Survivor. I love Survivor. Love Survivor. That's that's like our family favorite. We all watch it together. Uh, the Greatest Showman. Back to movies. That's one of our family favorites. Also, we watch together. But we we just don't spend a lot of time in front of the the TV. So there's nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to learn, man. If you're just sitting there watching TV, it's hard to get stuff done. Right. So right. cool stuff. And then, um, you know, maybe if you were president of the world for the day, man, what would you change? If you could do anything you want, you create a policy, you could change anything. You could make people stand on one foot for the rest of the day, whatever you want, but you could do anything for one day. What would you do? Wow. That's a great question. Um, 
I think the governments are so resistant right now to blockchain, and I feel like it has potential to really change the world, change our financial systems. I think that universally, we need to start adopting it and, and embracing it more than we are. We've got so many leaders who are fearful of the impacts they might have on financial systems. And I kind of see it as an opportunity as opposed to something to be feared. And certainly in the United States, our, our financial system has tons of problems. The, the debt is soaring and out of control. And you know, I think that there's far more risk there than, than there actually is in blockchain. It can solve a lot more problems uh, than they're really fearful of. So, Yeah, yeah, indeed. I mean, when I was in China, one of the things that I saw, and Neo being from, from China as, as well as, you know, Seattle, they, um, everybody there in China, man, they're using like uh, Alipay, WePay, DashPay, you know, all these electronic forms of payment. They're not really using, you know, paper currency or credit cards or anything like that. So you can see that uh, blockchain is pretty prevalent or could be pretty prevalent over there with already that system in place. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if that starts moving more over here into the U.S. or if, you know, if our regulators and whatnot are still, you know, more fearful of us uh, replacing the dollar with, you know, nerve tokens or something like that, right? So, yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Last question, dude. If you uh, had a time machine, right? I love these questions because it kind of lets you know the know the founders a little bit, you know, how they, how they think, right? So, if um, you had a time machine and you could go forward in the future as far as you want, or you go back in time as far as you want, but you had to stay there, when would you go and why? You had to stay there. That's you had the, to stay there, man. That's the killer caveat. That is. <laughs> the future is really interesting. Like I have no idea. Like technology is moving so quickly. I have no idea what to expect and, and where it's going to go. I'm, I'd honestly be a little scared to go too far into the future right now. Like, I did everything AI wrong and now I live in a cardboard box. <laughs> yeah. If only I'd gone backwards, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, certainly over history, there have been a lot of hard times and I feel like we're lucky where we are today. I'd, I'd probably go back, you know, maybe, maybe 50 years and, and see what it was like back in, you know, the 50s or 60s in the U.S. And uh, I feel like there's been a lot of technological advances, but certainly not to the extent that we have today. And just be curious to see what, what life was like back then without going too far into the past to where you're, you have to raise your own food and kill your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, fifties or sixties, I guess by the time, you know, like, I don't know, like AOL and Facebook and Amazon and all that stuff comes out, you know, you'll be, you'll be pretty old by then, but you'll still be able to, you know, <laughs> maybe cash in, right? So. Invest. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Buy into Microsoft or Apple. That's awesome, man. Well, Brian, we'll get the links out for everybody so they can go find you. We appreciate you coming on, getting to hear about you and all the cool stuff that you're doing, man. So thanks a bunch. God bless. And we'll catch you on the next one. Awesome. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And a big thanks to Brian. I appreciate you, buddy, coming on and telling us all the cool stuff that you guys are doing there at Narrative. Just a friendly reminder, Crypto Beatles shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is the co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of Trading View Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and on several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk 
minutes, please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. All right. God bless you. Love you. Until the next one, talk to you soon.